they're tears of like joy because we've had such a wonderful time together. But it's sad to have something that's you know you you've helped create and you've watched it grow. Um, for that to come to an end is really heartbreaking and sad. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The last few years have forced businesses to pivot, adapt, and in some instances, change forever. Forced into a model that's not ideal, far removed from their original vision. And as society has opened up again, many have found it hard to recapture the way things once were. The true fallout of the pandemic is yet to be revealed, but as we move forward, there are more and more established businesses closing. Phoebe McWhorter is the restaurant manager of Stambouli in Enmore, Sydney. Phoebe, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. It's the last week of um, well, one of my favourite Sydney restaurants, Stambouli, that you've been a part of since practically the beginning. How, how are you feeling? Oh, I tell you what, it's a bit of a roller coaster. So it's, <laughs> I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling up and down. It's sad. It's the end of an era, but it's also, you know, it's a, it's exciting to be able to celebrate what we did do for the six and a half years that we were there as well. It's, um, it's hard to believe six and a half years. It's, pre- it's pretty amazing. Um, take us back to the beginning of of Stambouli when you first started there. What did it feel like to you? Uh, It was quite daunting. It was overwhelming to begin with because it was my first proper management role. Um, And the guys kind of just brought me over from Porteño and they were like, we think you could do this. So it was exciting. Um, But it was, yeah, it was daunting at the same time. And it was just something so different to what I'd done before, whether with food or like even writing my own wine list, for example. um, Tell us a little bit about Stan Bully. It's um, an incredible interpretation of modern Turkish or Turkish cuisine, but tell us about the restaurant and the offering. Yeah, so, um, I mean, when I first started, we were basing ourselves off off a mahane, which a mahane is a style of eatery in Turkey. Um, So lots of small plates, charcoal grill, everything sort of, lots of food in front of you and abundance of it. Um, so when I started at Stambouli, that was really what we were channeling. Um, so lots of little small plates, meze. Um, Ibrahim also cooks over charcoal and wood fire. So we had lots of um, skewers or fish or meat, all of that jazz getting cooked over charcoal and wood. Um, and it was just, yeah, it, the whole thing was meant to have like loud music, drinks flowing and lots of food in front of you, lots of colours. Tell us about putting together a wine list um dealing with that sort of cuisine. Is it, is it something that you had done before? No, not at all. No, this was my first uh, attempt at that. So with the wines, um, I had a, a bit of help from um, some of the business partners as well, but um, we were getting wines from Portugal, from Turkey, uh, Australia, France. Um, we, the most exciting thing I think for us was the fact that we had Raki as well. So we were doing something that was a bit different. Um, and Raki is the national drink of Turkey, so it's a great base spirit that's filtered through aniseed. Um, so, yeah, we kind of based, based the wine list around the food. So everything was kind of designed to have with an abundance of food. Uh, bef- before we talk about the, the vortex that COVID created, take us on the ride of Stambouli and, and its evolution. It, it got a lot of media and a lot of press and some incredible accolades as well. What was that sort of journey like for you? Uh, it was exciting. I mean, it's always a lot of pressure when you have reviewers coming into the restaurant. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, we we did really well. We, we, had a, we had a hat for a good couple of years there as well. Um, 
which was exciting. That was when I was first managing there. So that was something that I had never, I'd never really worked anywhere that prestigious, I guess. Um, but yeah, we went, went through a lot. Like, a, I mean, we, ch- we changed, we kept changing as we were going. I think the biggest thing for me with Stambouli is I felt like I grew with the business. So I was learning a lot as I started in the beginning. Um, I think I've come a really long way within my career with this place as well. So, and that was through the accolades that we were winning. There was always something to sort of strive for. I never felt like we were stagnant at all. It was always trying to be better, trying to be better and trying to make it just great, not just like a good restaurant. We wanted it to be a great restaurant. And I felt like we, you know, it, it was tough at times, absolutely, but I felt like we just kept getting better and better. Tell us a bit about your management style and the the service offering there, because as as you say, it was actually um, pitched at a fairly high level, but it was such a, a an envir- inviting sort of space as well. Yeah, and that de- that definitely stems from Ibs. You know, like he the he always wanted to make it seem like you were walking into your home. You wanted to feel comfortable when you come into the building. It was you always need to make sure you say hello to people, give that good first impression and that last impression as well. So you want to be saying hello, you want to be saying goodbye, but you don't want to. You know, you want people to come in and you want to offer them a drink, not just get them water. You want them to feel comfortable. And I think we really created that with a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of regulars that would come in all the time, including yourself. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we had, we, we created that environment which made people feel like they could come in and have a chat or come in and just have a beer and a plate of stuffed mussels. You know, that was always the dream. Um, so it was a lot, making it a homely feel, I think, was what my aim was, um, making people feel comfortable. Um, I always pride myself and I want like my staff to have their personality show through as well. Um, I'm not into stiff service at all. I think that was, that was something that I was definitely trying to remove from that, from that. Like when we originally started, we wore bow ties, for example, and you know, we're finished up and we wear (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Were the challenges um, sort of uh, presenting that sort of elevated uh, experience of Turkish on Enmore Road? It's evolved a lot since you first opened, but were there challenges in the early days of presenting the the restaurant? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it it was hard. People didn't quite get it. (laughs) I think it was something that was so new, you know, like there's all this stigma behind what Turkish food is. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, kebab and dips. Um, It's just not the traditional food that, you know, you would have in a mahane when you went overseas. It was their salads. Everything is so meticulously prepped and it's all hand cut and it's all fresh produce and you you can't hide behind that either because it is what it is and it's just – it was it was hard to get um, people to understand that because, you know, people come in and they have this expectation that they're going to get a kebab and a plate of dips or um, uh, – and it – like I guess like people get share plates and everything like that, but having all of these small things in front of them, a lot of people got overwhelmed and be like, oh, there's too much food. And the whole idea is you're meant to have that much food in front of you and you don't have to rush. It's not your entree main dessert, you know, like it's just designed to sit there and you can just eat it throughout the entire meal. I want to talk more about Stambouli and sort of the decision to to close the restaurant and it is the final week. Um, But take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family? 
Um, my mum was a great cook. She, 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 you know, she was vegetarian when I was growing up, but she was still a legend and would cook, cook me a lamb chop if I felt like it, which was great. <laughs> um, dad, on the other hand, terrible cook. I think the only thing that he was great at was our fish fingers, mashed potato and peas. So I definitely got the food love from my mum. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, I guess with mum growing up too, she always took me out for dinners with her too. So, um, we went out quite a bit and. Um, we had like our regular restaurants that we went to when, when I was younger and that actually ended up being my first hospitality job. So like my step in the door. Um, we, yeah, I started at Ripples at Milson's Point just next to the pool. <laughs> yeah. And I was 17 and I got thrown in the coffee cart and got, just got learned how to make coffee and then eventually got pulled out onto the floor and, um, used to work 72 hour weeks, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for seven days straight. <laughs> Tell us about that decision to work in the hospitality sector and what, what sort of lured you in? Um, I think it was honestly because we were regular customers and the way that we got treated when we came into that place, it was, again, really comforting. Um, you always felt really welcomed and I was I got my first job in a fruit shop, which I wasn't enjoying, but the manager of Ripples at the time was like, Oh, how are you going? Like, how's, you know, how's finishing up at school going? I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, I just started a new job and he was like, how is it? And I was like, I hate it. And he goes, well, why don't you come and work here? <laughs> he was like, why don't you come work here? And I was like, really? Uh, and he was like, yep. And they just threw me straight in the deep end. And I, you know, I worked really hard. I really, I got along with the chefs in the kitchen too. Um, and I was just like a yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full kind of gal at the time. So I was happy to just like take on all of the challenges and, I don't know. I just, I loved it. Even just, I think for me, the best part about Hospo is like having those people who come in who, you know, they might not have had the best day, but they leave at the end genuinely happier than when they came in. And even just the thank you, that's enough for me. <laughs> What's, tell us about a bit about your career. What have been the real sort of main uh, venues or people that have influenced the trajectory that you've gone on in your career? Um, I honestly think my the, the most I've learned and the um, the best part about Hospo has been working with Ibrahim. He's just like, we, he's taught me so much and I've grown so much working through Stambouli for the last six years. Um, prior to that, I really enjoyed working at Porteño as well. Um, when it was on Cleveland Street, I worked in Gardell's bar. Um, so becoming a host and kind of, you know, manoeuvring the room and figuring out how many people you can fit in there and making sure everyone's comfortable. Um, so I reckon that's been a big influence. Uh, I also I had a bit of a break from the restaurant scene back in the day and worked at Frankie's Pizza. <laughs> yeah, which, which was like the perfect sort of break that I needed because I was previously working at um, the Park Hyatt in the dining room, which was a, a little bit too stiff for me. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I had like a break and I worked for a good year at Frankie's and I – um, it just reminded me how much I love working with food too. Like a year was enough to work in a bar and I loved it and it was fun. Um, it was a whole nother different style of service and you could really just like let yourself shine and have, you know, have a great time, like a lot of laughing. I'm sure that we had a bit to drink too, but, you know, um, <laughs> uh, it just it made me remember why I loved working with food because I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with the bars. I want to get back into working in a nice restaurant. And that's when I kind of searched to look for Porteño. And I like reached out to a couple of friends. Do you have any stories of your time at Porteño and the sort of impact that it had on you? Um, yeah. I, we, at the time, we were doing quite a few 
um, like private functions in the Avita room, which was a room upstairs. Um, and the managers at the time, they thought that I could just do that on my own. And they were quite really encouraging. I, f I found that they just really encouraged me to be able to manage that room by myself. And they were like, you know, you're learning about the wine. Um, we did lots of wine trainings through Portenio as well, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, it definitely took me in, in a step in that direction. And I think that's probably where I want to focus most of my energy on after Stambouli is learning more about wine. So um, that's, yeah, I think for Portenio, it was just, it was such a, such a, like a, institution such a big restaurant with so many people coming in and out like I used to go in there for dinner before I worked there and it, the whole experience there was just incredible like you didn't just go for the food you went there because everything was so sh like schmick and fancy and you know people in their little leather um, aprons and it was just nice <laughs> take us back to the moment when the the role at Stambouli was uh, presented to you um what was it like and, and what was your reaction and were you nervous about it? Oh, absolutely. So nervous. <laughs> um, I remember just sort of um, Ray, uh, Rachel called me and she was like, uh, I've got a job opportunity for you. They need a new restaurant manager at Stambouli. Um, why don't you come in and have a chat with me and Ibrahim and Joe? And I went and sat with them and just got to listen to Ibs and his dream and everything that he wanted. And it was really inspiring. So I was overwhelmed and it was daunting and it was scary because I was like, my gosh, like you have such a beautiful vision of what you want to achieve and I would love to be a part of it. I just hope I can do it. <laughs> tell, tell us a bit about Ibrahim. You said that he's probably had the most impact on you with your career. Do you have any stories of, of that influence that he's had on you? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe, look, I, I took a six-month break after – um, after I first managed Stambouli and I went traveling around overseas. And I think when I came back, I think my second stint at Stambouli um, really shaped what my career path is going to be. And I think that was just with communication that we had together again with Ibs. Um, we got to, it was exciting to get to work together again. And I wasn't going to take the role again, but there's a little part of me that was like, no, this is, this is my home. This is my family. And I, I don't want anyone else doing it. I want to be the one to do this, you know? Um, and I was like, and I think I've like matured a lot. I've learned a lot from the first round. Um, and he was just really encouraging and like excited to get to work with me again. And, um, you know, made me really learn how to communicate correctly and make sure that we had something that was strong and smooth and easy even, you know, like we always keep kept wanting to make things easier and better. Um, so it was like a lot of brainstorming and a lot of, you know, trial and error. Absolutely. Some things definitely didn't work. Some systems we were like, why did we ever do that? But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we came a long way and it felt like we were growing together as a team. Like he really is my team member. What have you learned about Turkish cuisine? And can, can you speak of some, some of the experiences of Stambouli and, and dishes that really epitomize um, what it means to you? Oh, absolutely. I was actually talking to Ibs about that this afternoon. Um, <laughs> uh, when I, like, coming to work at Stambouli, I'd never had any experience with any kind of Middle Eastern food like that at all, let alone his how clean and fresh and beautiful all of his produce and stuff is um, and the dishes. I think the biggest thing for me that, um, like, my influence is I love offal now. And it's something that I just, like, I never would have considered eating that before. And I was, like, you know, I... 
I, I was hilarious when I first started at Stambouli. I didn't like raw onion, which is just a, ridiculous. Um, and, and now I'm like, I think one of my favourite dishes that Ibs has done in the past is um, the jia, which is pan-fried lamb's liver with raw onion and sumac. I'm like, <laughs> and it's my favourite thing now. <laughs> the last um, month hasn't been easy for you guys with the decision to close the restaurant. Take us back to the time when Ibrahim sort of shared the news. So what's, what sort of impact did it have on you? Uh, it was heartbreaking. I um, I cried. <laughs> yeah, I cried a lot. It was more like you know, it was a it's the tears of like joy because we've had such a wonderful time together. But it's sad to have something that's you know you you've helped create and you've watched it grow. Um, for that to come to an end is really heartbreaking and sad. Um, but I you know it's we we had a big cuddle and we <laughs> we. You know, we started thinking about all the fun times that we've had and some of the harder times that we've had, of course, as well. But, um, you know, I think it's it's been exhausting the last couple of years. It's been hard. It's um, it, it, even staffing wise now, like it, I hadn't I haven't been able to hire anyone now that we're closing. You can't anyway. But, that you know, pre, pre that it was just impossible to find any staff members anymore. Um, and it was just watching the whole hospitality industry just it's changed so much over the last two years whether that's people's career choice anymore but I just haven't I I found that really hard and I think when we the decision was made that we were closing it was almost like okay well you know we've we've done we've done a lot we've done we've come a really long way and look six and a half years is a long time so I think um yeah heartbreaking but it's time it's the end of that era so i'm okay with it covid impacted so many restaurants and and people in hospitality in so many different ways what sort of impact did it have on stambouli and, and its offering did it change it quite dramatically yeah yeah especially when we had to well we we changed to just do takeaways so that was definitely an, a different impact um we yeah we were off we started doing dips, which um, was something that we never, ever used that word ever. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, they were definitely, definitely COVID affected that. We had to kind of just change our whole rhetoric of what we were serving. Obviously the punchy flavors and all of that was still there, but um, the dishes changed quite a bit. Yeah. Was it hard to go back to what Sambuli used to be and, and reemerge from this? Um, I don't know if I'd say it was hard, I say like there were challenges, absolutely. Um, but I think we like we we kind of still are who we are, and I think we had enough of a following for people to be ready to know what was coming back. You know, like we've had staples on the menu that have that that haven't changed, like the smoky eggplant that people come in for, or the stuffed mussels, for example. Um, you know, people come in for those dishes. That's what they're that's what they're after. <laughs> Um, what's this period of time been like for you with guests um, coming back in to get a final taste of Stambouli before it does go? What, what's the energy like in, with the staff and, and these guests? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> it's actually so beautiful. Um, the energy has been so high. Um, all these familiar faces coming in and there's so much love from the community as well, like all of these regular regular faces or even new people coming in and they're like, I'm so sorry I haven't been in before. And they're like, but at least we got to come in for this last time. And I'm like, no, it's nice. But the, the energy is super high. 
Um, everyone's like excited to eat the food. Everyone's like, yeah, we just, you know, give it all to us. We're going to have drinks. We're going to do that. It's kind of, it's, it's what you wish it was all the time. <laughs> what will you miss about Stambouli? Um, everything. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss all, all the guests. Um, especially like those regular people who come in all of the time. Uh, I'm going to miss working closely with Ibs the most. Um, as I said, I feel like we've just grown a lot in the last couple of years. Um, I'm just going to miss the comfort. It really became my family. So I think that's the saddest thing. How do you think you're going to feel when the doors do close? Pretty sad. But I think it'll be... It'll be one hell of a, a farewell. <laughs> you mentioned uh, your experience with Stan Bully and working with Ibs has helped you solidify what you want from your future, and that's in hospitality. Um, tell us about that. How do you see your career going from here after um, the foundation that it's given you? Um, I hope that I can go, get out there and learn a lot more, you know? Like, I, I think the best part about hospitality and the thing I love about it the most is it's always changing. There is always new things to learn. You, you don't really get stagnant in it. And I am excited to have a bit more opportunity to get out there and really just do things that I haven't done before or learn about things that I'm unaware of, different cuisines even. Um, definitely, as I said, I want to learn more about wine as well. So I think that could be something that's a bit interesting. Do some studies. Um, but I do want to – I'm, I'm all around hospo. Like, I love it so much. <laughs> um, as, as you mentioned at the top of the show, it is the last week and there's, you have four shifts left. We do. Um, <laughs> is there any plans for a celebration or farewell at the end of the week? We will, well, not on the Saturday. I think we're going to just like get everything done. Um, we've got a lot of like familiar faces coming in on the last couple of nights. So that'll be really fun. Um, and then I think, and maybe like a week later, we'll get all the team together and we'll just go to the pub and we'll get to hang out when it's kind of died down a little bit. So we can just sort of relax and enjoy each other's company rather than have a huge send off on the last night, you know? The hospitality industry is full of dynamic duos that create uh, restaurant experiences, you know, often a chef and a front of house professional with the, with the synergy and the connection that you have with Ibrahim. Do you, do you see something or have you discussed something in the future where you two might pair up again and we'll see a different iteration of Stambouli? Oh, we haven't actually, we haven't spoken about it. No, but that would, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about what you do? Uh, I love the energy. Um, I love being on my feet um, and I love hosting. I, li I, I love facilitating a good time for people. I think that's my favourite part about it. Well, what does it take to create or facilitate that sort of environment for people? I think it's – you need to have um, – not the education, uh, the, like the, you need to know what you're selling or know um, what, you're, what you're doing, whether it's about wine, whether it's about the food. You need to be knowledgeable about what you're doing without coming across as arrogant. I think that's probably one of the bigger ch challenges or like that's something that I notice in some restaurants when you go in and you're like, oh, that's you, you're kind of just making me feel uncomfortable. Um, it's all about making people feel comfortable, um, making them feel like they're making the decisions, but you're helping them have that good time at the same time. 
Well, I know you've got a huge week ahead and uh, and an interesting future that um, you're not quite sure about yet, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear a bit of your story. Good luck over the next week and look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.